Hello, and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information advisory services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 230 multinationals by providing them with advisory support, information assets, and consulting services that help inform and empower their strategies for outperforming in their high-stakes markets. The focus of today's podcast is FSG's recent research on distribution management and optimization in India, the latest in our India research offering. My name is Ryan Breyer, and I'm the Managing Director for FSG's Global Channel Practice. Joining me for today's discussion is Pratima Singh, FSG's Practice Leader for South Asia, and we're recording this podcast from our Asia headquarters in Singapore. As a reminder, this research and all of our India insights are available to FSG clients via our Frontier View platform. Pratima, thank you for joining me today and welcome. Thanks, Ryan. It's great to be here. All right, let's get started then. India's goods and services tax, GST, took effect about eight months ago. The tax, which is the largest reform the country has seen in over two decades, is the Modi government's most significant achievement in the past four years. Now, while this reform has had an impact on India's business and operating environment more generally, I wanted to spend some time today discussing with you the impact of the GST on India's channel landscape. So what's changed? Yeah, so that that's a really good question, Ryan. Um, a lot of the hype around the GST has been around uh, some of the challenges, and it's it's basically uh, taken over um, all the all the press uh, in the past few months. But I want to just kind of give you some context about what the GST really is in order to be able to explain what's happening to the channel landscape. Um, so before the GST, India's states had individual taxes that they could levy on businesses, on consumers, um, and and because of that there were wide variations in the tax rates and the in the way that uh, businesses would operate across these states. What's happened now following the GST is that there is a uniform tax rate across the country. So essentially what, what you can think of is India's unified uh, its business or tax landscape essentially. Now, this is important because previously businesses would have to pay taxes to get goods uh, across different state borders. So now that there's a uniform tax rate, that uh, that sort of artificial tax border has been removed. And so that's hugely helpful uh, for a market the size of India. So that's kind of the context. And I want to talk about uh, four sort of specific benefits that the GST has had on companies' channel strategies. Uh, the first is that it's really eased out the inefficiencies in the logistics sector. So as I mentioned previously, you would have to uh, wait or there would be these borders um, within across the country um, and uh, trucks. So any any freight trucks that would basically be carrying goods would have to wait at these checkpoints in order to submit documentation, verify documents, accept pay taxes as well. Um, following the GST, uh, about 22 out of the 29 states have abolished these interstate checkpoints. Mm-hmm. And so that's really helped because um, essentially now... Um, Trucks don't have to wait at these checkpoints, so you're cutting down idle time. Mm-hmm. You're reducing the compliance burden because you're not actually paying taxes across state borders every time you're waiting. And also, interestingly, because you have less hands to change, um, there's less, relatively less corruption at state borders. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really important for India's logistics sector. That means that companies can actually now have larger trucks because they can travel larger distances. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, I spent some time in India speaking to executives about what what exactly is happening on the ground and whether some of these things have actually already started taking place. And um, one interesting statistic I'll throw out there is that uh, uh, getting goods between Delhi and Mumbai, the num- amount of time that it would take to move goods has been cut by 20% following the introduction of the GST. Wow, that's incredible. And I would imagine that the uh, reduction in lead times means uh, lower working capital requirements for channel partners, which I'm sure is, is helpful. Yes. So in the long term, these benefits are going to um, uh, sort of translate into uh, lower working time, uh, lo- lower working capital, and and more interestingly, just more efficient and larger, more sophisticated uh, um, uh, trucks and warehouses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Which actually brings me to the second point on on how that's changing the warehousing landscape. Um, so, like I mentioned before, moving goods between states prior to the GSD would require that companies would pay a tax. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies, in order to avoid paying this tax, used to set up uh, warehouses at every state that they would actually have customers in. So if I had a warehouse in Mumbai, I would usually cater to my Maharashtra demand from there. I would then, despite being very close to Ahmedabad, have a separate warehouse in Ahmedabad because I had to otherwise pay a tax to move goods between Mumbai and Ahmedabad. Um, Now, that has been uh, abolished following the GST. So what that means is that companies that had state-specific warehouses can now consolidate their warehouses, uh, obviously based on on criteria like um, uh, uh, time to serve, lead times, etc. But they can consolidate that into more regional warehouses and have a little bit of a hub-and-spoke approach, if you will. And that's very, very important in the market, the size of of India, essentially. Um, uh, the third point that I want to make is basically around the distribution tiers. Now, um, India's because of its fragmentation, has a, a channel a structure that tends to have a lot of tiers. Um, so a lot of times companies would sell to a master distributor who would then sell to a sub-distributor and then a wholesaler, retailer, depending on how, how uh, detailed your channel was. Um, following the GST, what's happened is that a lot of these small uh, wholesalers and sub-distributors are now having to maintain books and and operate in a more transparent manner and and more interesting in less cash base. But this is creating some challenges for these small businesses because uh, now that they have to pay taxes, their costs of operating operation has, have gone up, compliance costs have gone up, things like that. So what we're going to see in the medium to long term is that due to either companies that aren't small companies that aren't efficient following the new tax, or due to the fact that larger companies are becoming a lot more powerful, we're going to see some consolidation even within the tiers. Mm-hmm. So that's really important because that, that means that uh, companies can actually get closer uh, to their end customer because of the consolidation within the channel landscape. Oh, yeah. Well, and also ameliorate some of the management uh, burden as well, right? Mm-hmm. If you, you know, previously had to work with a distributor in every state where you had mm-hmm. customers who also had a warehouse there, that consolidation effect, I'm sure, is streamlining things it, on multiple levels within companies' channel management. Exactly. And and it's really important that companies uh, think about this, and we'll, we'll talk about how they should do that um, right now so that they can capitalize on some of those benefits mm-hmm. that accruing to the to the country um, and then the final thing and I know we've talked about this a lot and this kind of ties into the changes in the logistics and and the warehousing is the increasing sophistication of the channel landscape now this is a lot more long term but what we're expecting to see is that as companies have more sophisticated logistics partners uh, larger warehouses we're going to see a little bit more sophistication in the way that they manage their channel inventory management uh, being able to fulfill orders more effectively demand planning more in a more sophisticated strategic manner so so those things are going to happen as well. That's great. Mm-hmm. 
So it seems like all of the changes you've mentioned sound like very positive developments um, for a country that's uh, distribution landscape has been challenged mm -hmm. to say the least in the past. Uh, but there's also been a lot of uh, negative press on GST as well. What's driving that? Yeah, so that's actually what's dominated the headlines in India um, recently. Uh, but a lot of these negative um, sort of issues are because of the teething challenges that have, have uh, come through because of um, implementing such a large scale reform, uh, but also because of the botched implementation of this large scale reform. So um, what's happened is that the GST is a um, value added tax, right? So essentially, um, as um, as a party or as a, as as I buy goods from someone, I would have to pay um, a larger upfront tax now that the GST is in place, and only once I sell these goods can I get any credit for any of the previous uh, taxes that have been paid within the supply chain before I actually bought these goods. So that's created a bit of an issue in India's. Um, um, or in companies, cash management and working capital requirements in India. So basically what's happened is that distributors would have to pay a higher upfront uh, uh, amount to their principals when they're buying these goods and then hold on to this inventory. And uh, as a result, the inventory uh, holding costs have increased. And, and only when they sell these goods to their end customer or to whoever they're selling to, uh, would they be able to um, even uh, sort of submit any of those credit um, mm. um, requirements or credit um, sort of receipts. So this is all already complicated enough, but what's happened in India f to make this even worse is that the credit um, taking ability is now switched online. So essentially I need to get the receipt from my customer, match it to my um, seller's receipt, and then be able to get an exact number that will be reimbursed to me from the government. This is, has to be done online. Mm -hmm. And uh, India being India, there have been significant issues with actually getting the system, which is the GST network, up and running in a time um, where multiple companies are actually putting up their invoices and also expecting to see reimbursements come through. So the refund process has been particularly challenging. So not only have my inventory holding costs gone up, but also the ability to get any kind of credit has been hurting my distributors' finances uh, or generally distributors' finances in India quite a bit. So what we've seen companies do in order to uh, mitigate some of these risks is actually partner with their distributors, specifically some of the more sophisticated, uh, some of the less sophisticated distributors and provide them with some training around managing their finances more effectively in order to ameliorate some of these risks. So things like uh, having a training on how do you um, improve your cash management, especially for uh, distributors that buy on cash and sell on credit. That's a huge issue for them. So how do you cut down some of those um, days re accounts receivable in order to improve the cash cycle that you can actually invest some of this back into your business or at least re reduce the uh, costs of, of uh, holding um, inventory a little bit? And how do you expedite the sales process as well? Um, so those are some of the things that we're, we're seeing and we're, we're um, kind of highlighting that would work for, for India in order to help their distributors. Mm, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I imagine that this uh, additional financial pressure mm -hmm. on, on distributors um, is, is tricky, particularly at a time when I know a lot of suppliers, not just in India, but globally, are, are really looking to shift the way that they sell in many markets like India, uh, moving more from a 
CapEx-led sales model to more of an OpEx-led sales model, which of mm -hmm. course requires uh, a lot more financial capacity as well as financial management acumen uh, on the behalf of, of partners. And I so, so I know that this is an area that's been getting a lot of scrutiny from a lot of our clients. I think um, you know what's been really helpful for the companies that have been most successful in this to, to add to some of your recommendations around training uh, has been to really take a step back and, and understand how your partners actually make money. I think that sometimes there's a bit of an oversimplification simplification of how companies think about this um, when it comes to their partners uh, or a little bit of myopia. They, they focus too much on their, their own product's role uh, in the, the balance sheet health of their, their partners rather than thinking more holistically about the aggregate business of their partners. Mm -hmm. So trying to understand what are the true margin drivers for your partners is critical. Now, of course, I know that this requires a lot of trust, um, but helping to, to build that trust, of course, yields a more collaborative uh, relationship dynamic overall. And one of the ways that I think you can start to bridge that is, is by deploying a few short-term tactics in addition to providing training. So uh, for your partners that you really believe have the potential to become long-term strategic partners for you, um, thinking about short-term measures like uh, holding inventory on the behalf of your partners uh, or extending out payment terms to, to help bridge the gap a little bit here as they ease into uh, adapting to the, the rollout of the GST. I think another thing that's, that's really interesting that we've seen some companies have success with is um, leveraging their reputation with certain banks and uh, financing organizations to uh, ultimately make introductions to the distributors that you feel are most capable and, uh, of course, uh, the best partners to you, but to help them with invoice factoring. Uh, these are relationships that otherwise these distributors might struggle to, to make on their own in, in the local markets. Um, I think the, the other thing is, uh, and this is more, uh, speaks to of a holistic mindset shift, but um, you know, really think about what drives value for you in your relationship with your partners. Um, and uh, in a world like uh, India after the GST, um, perhaps having uh, partners with greater financial management acumen is really a huge value driver for you. And so try to figure out how you can remunerate your partners based upon those value drivers. And so what this really means in, in more simple terms is shifting away from treating our partners just like simple customers, uh, where we're paying them a fixed price uh, for uh, a product that they're buying uh, from us and uh, actually tying their compensation to services rendered, like for example, um, providing certain types of, of financial metrics or uh, stability in certain financial outcomes. That's really interesting, yeah. And I think um, uh, being able to show distributors that you value them and build that capital, whether it's through invoicing and, and just um, uh, holding inventory on their behalf um, and also just understanding the exact value that your distributor adds to to your, your strategic uh, vision in India it, it can be quite helpful, especially at this point, uh, given that there is um, a lot of change that's going on. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So uh, let's maybe move away a little bit from the issues in implementation and look more broadly at, at tax reform uh, from a strategic perspective. So how are companies responding to the GST? Mm -hmm. So that's a good question because uh, one thing that we're um, advising companies very strongly uh, to do now that the GST has uh, been implemented is, like you said, to take a more strategic perspective and, and think about how the GST is going to reshape their channel strategy for India and, and adapt that and adjust that to these shifts in the market. Um, so 
at this point today companies that are successfully being able to think about this tax more strategically and are adapting and making these changes are going to be successful have been successful and and are really just capturing whatever opportunity there is out there today and so you're seeing this shift in companies that have been more strategic and successfully um capturing economies of scale capturing um any kind of dis- changes in the distributor dynamics that are emerging uh, but this is going to the, the first mover advantages are going to kind of fizzle out soon enough so it's not uh something that uh, companies should be uh thinking about uh, uh or pu- pushing off for too long just because it's going to then become uh, very critical and almost sort of a determining factor in in your india strategy so very critical that companies start thinking about how the gst is impacting their channel warehousing distributor dynamics and start adapting um to the the market now mm. interesting so Yeah, uh, what advice would you have for for how companies should go about doing mm. this in India? Yeah. So what we've done after a lot of time spent on the ground um, having conversations with distributors, with executives, uh we at FSG have built a five-step distributor optimization framework um and a tool that allows uh clients to actually uh reassess the different pockets of opportunity that are emerging following this new tax and also rationalize the structure of their network in India. Um so the five steps are first step is to examine the attractiveness and and opportunity in different states. So it's not just looking at the opportunity but also the operating environment because that tends to be a very very important um factor that a lot of companies tend to forget in India is that the opportunity may be there but but the cost of doing business is also very high. So being able to uh pull those two together and develop a uh holistic sort of uh, index that would allow companies to look at the attractiveness and this is something that we've uh done in our previous india subnational research as well and that's a tool that executives can use to to customize for their own business The second step is to determine a radius or or somewhat of an ideal geographical distance that companies can serve around a particular demand cluster mm-hmm. um and and things like um lead times um service customer service requirements proximity generally to to smaller um customers and distributors that would determine how uh, what your radius of of service essentially would be now based on a lot of conversations we had on the ground we saw that FMCG and pharma companies tend to use a smaller 200 km radius mm-hmm. uh while uh med devices and larger industrial companies have have a slightly larger about 500 to 550 km radius around certain demand hubs that they have um and so this is an important kind of benchmark to think about um as you're kind of looking and reevaluating the strategy Uh step 3 is to um look at uh and evaluate individual distribution partners that you currently work with. And this is actually very important because um uh being able to div- understand where your distributors gaps are and to your point earlier which is what what is the value that they're providing you how do they actually share up with what you want versus what they think is necessary being able to identify how capable your partners are is very critical and so um using our FSG's distributor capability diagnostic and our capability uh, assessment product can be quite helpful for companies to to do that um each distributor then gets a score on how well they they perform mm-hmm. Uh step 4 is essentially to map all of these steps so 1 2 and 3 on a map of India and and uh, this basically uh kind of um 
allows companies and executives to visualize their channel strategy in India. It's kind of um, allowing you to think about the fact that now I no longer have to stick within state borders. I can now think about how I can maximize opportunity within that cluster that I want to service. And so that's really critical because this is kind of like a game changer mm -hmm. in India's um, channel space. And then the step, uh, the fifth and the final step is to segment distributors. And um, here, what we recommend is that executives uh, segment their distributors based on criteria, uh, two criteria. One is the partner capability and the other is the market attractiveness. And so this two by two will allow uh, companies to actually think about partners that are solid, that have um, that are serving markets that are um, very critical and also have very high capability. So you can then focus on nurturing that relationship with those partners. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand you have the exact opposite which is uh, partners that are um, serving really important markets but but aren't super capable and so then you have to think about strategies to either build those capabilities transition those partners things like that um, and so it's important to be able to segment these customers and tailor your um, your support based on on uh, what uh, what their what their capabilities are and also what markets they serve and so this is very critical in India because a one-size-fits-all approach really doesn't work and and um, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've you've seen this uh, across all of the different projects you've worked on as well that um, distributors in India can vary quite significantly in terms of size sophistication things like that and and so you need to be able to tailor that uh, support as well mm. yeah no that's that's uh, very interesting and I, I'm really glad that you brought up uh, our channel capability assessment uh, because of course that is uh, such a powerful tool for trying to uh, of course assess the uh, capability gaps that are really impairing or standing in the way of your ability to achieve the long-term commercial and strategic objectives that you might have in your, your market. Um, but I, I think it's also really critical because um, a lot of what you've talked about in terms of uh, the way that the GST is going to require um, a shift in how we work with our channel partners really is going to require a fair amount of change management. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you think about uh, trying to evolve the way that you work with your partners. This is something that gives, I think, a lot of the executives that we work with uh, a fair amount of anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it makes sense, right? Because uh, rocking the boat uh, and upsetting the relationship can certainly uh, translate into a pretty severe near-term downside impact to, yeah. the, to the business, um, even if there is a, a longer-term payoff uh, that is that is fairly obvious. And uh, the way that this, I think, relates back to uh, the channel capability assessment is the way that we design our capability assessment is not only for you to conduct a one-way assessment of your partners, but actually what we call a holistic 360-degree assessment in which your partners have an opportunity to voice uh, their own assessment of where uh, they feel there are gaps in their business, but also where they feel there's gaps in your support and where they think you as a principal or supplier to them have a role to play in helping them to get better. And that's something that I think really opens up uh, a really positive and productive and collaborative conversation with your partners on how you can move forward in terms of changing the way that you work together in a very productive way. And I think uh, that's really a critical ingredient that uh, could be helpful to a lot of companies mm -hmm. that are looking to, to change the way they're working with their partners, whether it's as a consequence of the GST or, or, or for any other reason in, in India. Um, and of course, you know, the output of that makes it a lot easier to, to segment your partners, which is very, very critical in a, in a place like India. And in particularly in uh, the resource scarce times that we live in, in our, in our own corporate organizations, where it's, uh, we want to make sure we're assigning the high value channel management resources to the opportunities that are mm -hmm. the greatest in the business. Um, 
So, you know, first of all, Pratima, I just wanted to thank you so much for, for your time and uh, for what has been, I think, a very interesting conversation. I look forward to hearing more from you on how clients can use this research and incorporate this analysis into their broader India strategy moving forward. Yeah, thank, thanks very much, Ryan. I, I really enjoyed speaking with you today. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So on that note, I'd like to remind uh, FSG's clients that you can speak to Pratima or any of the FSG analysts by scheduling time via your FSG client services director. You can also access our India distribution research, our capability-based channel management research, and all FSG content on our Frontier View platform. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your high-stakes markets, and thank you for listening.